Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayway.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Chantel Rayway. And today we have a different format. We have an amazing guest with us. We have Bishop Courtney McBath. And we're, instead of answering questions, I have a couple questions for you. Um, But we're going to talk about our main topic today is what is the difference between biblical fasting and intermittent fasting. So right now I'm actually on a biblical fast. Today is day three. I have not, I didn't eat anything. Um, I haven't eaten anything since Tuesday night. So I stopped eating Tuesday night and then I was going to do a three day fast. So I'll eat dinner tonight. Um, but so, um, you know, some of you have been asking, I'm writing a book called Fasting to Freedom, and it's all about biblical fasting. And it's funny because I'm getting ready to do a Bible study on my book. And um, we have all these women who are wanting to do the Bible study. And I have a guy that's leading the guys portion, and I'm going to lead the women's side. And we have I have to turn away some of the women because we're getting full on the women's side. But on the guy's side, like hardly anyone's signing up. And so when I'm talking to guys, they're like, yeah, I'm just not really into fasting. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say to guys who are like, yeah, you know, that's just not my thing. Fasting's not my thing. What would you how would you answer that? Well, you know, first of all, Chantel, what you're seeing is a is a national trend. 80% 80% of all Christian materials are purchased by women. Mm-hmm. So there's an obvious trend toward discipleship, mm-hmm. growth, reading, and hearing the word, and all that. That's, that's kind of women have always been in a vast majority mm-hmm. uh, already. So that kind of is where that whole fasting thing comes from. I don't think it's so much that men are adverse to fasting. I think men struggle with discipleship. Mm. with really coming to a place of where they really long for growth and mm-hmm. and that's what fasting is all about it's a sacrifice and i think i think ladies are a little more prone to for whatever reasons and that's a whole other different conversation to make those sacrifices so to a guy who says you know i don't really see how fasting is necessary what i would say to you is that most of the issues that we face as men it's difficult to break some of those issues without the discipline of fasting. 
and weakening yourself so that Christ can be strengthened in you. So I don't think you can make this a guy girl thing. This is a do I want to succeed in Christ thing. And so a guy who's who's wavering, that's uh, maybe some of the stuff we'll say today will help you to kind of cross over and see the criticality. Yeah, because that, that would be kind of like, I mean, I think the Bible is really clear on some Christian disciplines that we need. One is praying, one is giving, one is serving. Um, but what if someone said, you know what? Praying is just not my thing, exactly. right? Like I, I couldn't imagine anyone ever saying, saying praying is not my thing. Right. But somehow they're fine with saying, "Oh, well, fasting's not my thing," right? Which it's like because fasting seems much more optional yes, than, than prayer. Exactly. Prayer is necessary to talk with God, and then you might discover some people say, "Well, I'm not really called to pray." Well, <laughs> really, everybody's called to pray, right? And and that's how I feel about fasting is yep. that you know the Bible talks about fasting. Over 77 times. When it the Bible talks about something over 77 times, ding ding ding. Yeah, it ought to be important. It's gotta be important and we gotta do it. So um, you know, just so you know my background, um, so I went to church over 20 years before I ever even heard a sermon on fasting. Wow. Never. I my preacher when I was younger, they never talked about fasting. I didn't I guess I just skipped it, missed over it, and never did I hear a sermon or any kind of talk about it. And then I went to a Beach Fellowship uh, one day, and it was soon after I started getting there, and the pastor stood up and said, okay, everyone, we're going to be doing a 21-day corporate fast. And I was like, what? (laughs) 21 days? We're not going to be eating? I've never fasted a day in my life, right? Um, And so, obviously, he said, if you're new to fasting, then, you know, you might want to bring it down and not do so much. But I was kind of like gung-ho. And I tried to do it for 21 days. I actually lasted eight days and thought I was going to (laughs) die. That's a great start, though. So that's how my started. So I know your church, um, Calvary Revival, is passionate about fasting uh, like you do it in January every year. Tell me about that. and, And what do you say to people? Like, how long do you... And do you tell people, you know, do you change it every year? And how? what What do you say to the church during that time? Well, first of all, I was raised a little different. I was hearing about fasting when I was eight, nine years old. Oh, wow. So, and then I, when I went to college and my, my spiritual father, um, Bishop Gideon Thompson of Jubilee Church in Boston, he was, uh, I'm no expert on this, but he really was. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've watched him go on 40-day fast and that wow. kind of thing. So he was really serious about this. So while I was with him as a college student, while I was at MIT studying, I was in that church. And so he taught me all about prayer and fasting. And he taught me about this whole idea of what we now call consecration, which the word consecrate means to set something apart. So to cleanse and set apart for use, mm-hmm. technically is what it means. So we began in our church a 21-day consecration, a time of fasting and prayer that takes place at the beginning of every year. It's our way of kind of saying to God, hey, we really want to commit our year to you. So these first three weeks, we just mm-hmm. give this to you mm-hmm. as a sign that we're giving our year to you. And so you do a 21 day? And we do 21 days and we do different stuff. Like mm-hmm. some some years we'll do the, the, the Chesapeake and Norfolk folks take week one and mm-hmm. the Portsmouth and Virginia Beach people take week two and then the Okay, so Hampton they are actually only fasting for seven days some. then. 
some of us go 21. Okay. And when you do that 21 days, are you just doing water? Are you doing coffee and tea? We, are you doing? We normally suggest to people because we have such a wide spectrum of folks mm-hmm. from folks who aren't even sure if they are saved yet yes. <laughs> to people who've been Christians for 20, 30, 40 years. Right. So we'll encourage people who don't know anything about fasting to do a one meal a day fast. Okay. Gotcha. So only eat one meal a day uh-huh. because what we have learned is that what's critical is not so much the not eating part, mm-hmm. but it's what you do with that time when mm-hmm. you're not eating. Right. Because if it's just not eating and you're not praying and reading you're just on a diet right so so we focused on that part so some of us will go like myself 21 days and maybe just 21 days on just soup Uh or 21 days and maybe just salad or sometimes i'll break it up and i'll go a week on on water and juice a week on soup and then a week on salad right only once a day or something and i think that's important because you need to pray about what the lord is leading you absolutely to do and where you are and so in my book i kind of talk about because have you ever heard of something called the 5k to a couch or what is it called it's called something like from from couch to 5k that's what it's called from couch to 5k and and they what they do is they put a plan together and that's what i did in my book because i said you know to me the word the greek word for fast means to not eat period the end and so when all these people are like well i'm gonna fast fast from from facebook or i'm fasting from magazines or i'm fasting and i'm like that's fine but you're not actually doing what the greek word means the The, the intention of the bible is to not eat and um so for me I also think it was absolutely detrimental for me for my first experience to go eight straight days and not eat. That was terrible for me. That was not a good idea. That's just like me going out right now and running a marathon. The first time I did a half marathon, I didn't train for it at all. I had injuries, my Achilles hurt, all this stuff happened to me. And so that's not wise either to to do that. And so what I did is I kind of made a plan like a couch to 5K for people to kind of build oh, up that's helpful. to build up to go okay let's start with just eating one meal a day absolutely now we move to one full day now we can move to two full days right now we can so right now this i'm doing a three-day fast right now this has been the easiest three days of my life i had it what's crazy is i had a dinner party at my house on tuesday and a dinner party at my house on wednesday i was in the kitchen cooking the whole time and everyone was like what in the world how could you do that but you know what in the morning i spent 30 minutes in the morning with the lord reading the bible and then i spent 30 straight minutes in worship and I just, I told him, I said, I am so full right now. That's what happens. And that's what happens. But if you don't yeah. add that piece, Absolutely. You, you just can't do it. It's, In a real fast. Yeah. I mean, it's a meeting with God. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it yes. a little bit. But, but Daniel didn't fast for the sake of just saying, I'm on a fast. Mm-hmm. He wanted to hear from God. He had some things he needed to process, some things that he, some answers that he needed. So it was really all about a refocusing. And really, that's what fasting is. Fasting is a refocusing of our attention. Yes. Because our lives kind of are all around eating and pleasure. And so fasting breaks that and then refocuses you. And that's why it's difficult to do when you start out Mm. because we are so trained to focus on pleasing ourselves. 
Well, and I will say this. So the title of my book is called Fasting to Freedom, colon, The Gift of Fasting. And so for me, fasting has been such a gift in my life that I want to pass that gift Mm. over to other people. Um, Because the things that I've learned through fasting, and I've never right now in my life ever been closer to the Lord. And it's only because I've been doing exorbitant amounts of fasting and just the clarity that he's given. One of the analogies that um, Ray Bjorkman at Beach Fellowship said that got me excited about fasting was he said that when you fast, it's just like scuba diving, right? So like when you fast, all of a sudden, like if look at the water here at Virginia Beach, you can't, you can't see anything underneath it, right? We don't have that beautiful blue water. But when you go under the water and you put on that scuba gear, all of a sudden you can see the the fish and the coral and everything becomes clear. And so when you're kind of wanting to hear from God, everything just becomes so much clearer. Do you have any experiences with that or in the church? Have you heard any stories or testimonials with things like that happening? Well, a part of the purpose and there's several reasons why we fast why we consecrate but one of the primary purposes is to be able to see more clearly and get clarity a part of what i think folks need to learn is that when we lack clarity about the will of god Mm. it's not because god has a communication issue Mm, it's not because he struggles to speak or he struggles to direct or he's you know he's trying to get himself together so that he can say what he wants to say the issue is all in our hearing Mm -hmm. so what fasting does is it shuts down other voices the primary one is our own Mm -hmm. shuts down other voices separates us from other influences so that we more clearly hear what God is saying and how mm-hmm. God is directing our lives. Every time we find, whether, we, whether we're talking about Daniel or the Apostle Paul, or if we're talking about Esther, they're always fasting for clarity and courage and direction. Yes. It is truly a gift. Well, and it brings them into places that they never, that they couldn't have gone without. Well, you know, silly things. So like, we've had this one, I've had this one issue of, I haven't, so we've got six different offices and then we have our corporate office. And so there's some things that I haven't been able to figure out, like, should the individual office do it and handle it? Or should the corporate office do it and handle it? And it's just been different things. And I've just been like hitting a wall and I couldn't figure it out. And so perfect example, this morning, right before this meeting, I just, spent my time with God, had my worship, and then I had a big meeting. I brought like three or four of our management level in, and I said, look, we've got to figure this out. And all of a sudden, everyone was like coming up with all these ideas, and we figured it out this morning. And I'm thinking to myself, we've been talking about this for the last six months to a year, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. Here I've fasted for three days. And clarity and comes. All of a sudden it's like, bling, ding, ding, ding. Yep. It's just like that scuba diving. Absolutely. Yep. Any other analogies that you can think of that um, people you could give people of why it's so important to fast? You know, when I'll go back to Daniel again, and mm-hmm. that's kind of when uh, a good <clears throat> foundational book is Arthur C. Wallace's God's Chosen Fast, which comes from Isaiah 58. Is this the fast that I've chosen? Yeah. And the Lord begins to describe the fast that he's chosen is not religion. It's not for people to brag or boast. Mm. It's so that 
so that burdens can be lifted and chains can be broken and mm-hmm. light comes and people hear from God. So one of the things that Wallace discusses in God's Chosen Fast are these three areas, the the partial, the normal, and the absolute fast. Right. So the partial fast is what we think Daniel was, was on, was a partial fast. We think Jesus was on a normal fast because he ate, but it doesn't appear that he drank water. Right. Um, because he was tempted to make bread, not water. Mm-hmm. And if you if you hadn't had anything to drink for 40 days, food would not be your issue. Right. Water would be your issue. <laughs> That's so, true. So, That's a good point. So, I haven't thought about that. So, so in this partial fast, Daniel, when he's before the Lord, then Gabriel appears to him and says, uh, we heard you the first day that you prayed. Mm. It says 21 days have passed. It says, we've heard you the first day that you prayed. Wow. What it it says to us is that God is not struggling to hear us. And when we pray, it doesn't force God to hear us. When we fast, it doesn't make God hear us. Fasting is not some negotiation with God. I'm going to fast. I tell our folks all the time, if your attitude is, I'm going to fast until God answers. I said, you may die of starvation. Well, and you know what? There's a great story. I love the story of David when he actually had sinned with Bathsheba Mm -hmm. and his son was dying. And while his son was kind of on his deathbed, he fasted. And as soon as that boy died. And as soon as the boy died, he ate again. And he, and, but I think what that fast allowed him to do was to be not, I don't want to say okay, because you're never okay if, sure. you're, if you're, your child passes away. But it gives you that strength to be able to handle things when God says no. Absolutely. Because he's going to say no sometimes right. because it's not what's best for you. But it gives you the strength to be able to handle what's about to come. Yeah. The, 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 his, his guys asked him, they said, what's up? You, you were fasting while the child was dying and yes. the child dies and you stop. He says, while yes. the child was dying, there was still a chance that God might heal him. Yes. But now that the child is gone, then now I, there's no need to continue the fast. It's almost as if he's saying exactly what you said. The fast helped to prepare me for whatever God's ultimate sovereign will was. Yes. And once that is done, then now I might as well eat and go yes. do what God says. And, and you're exactly right. Yeah. So I created this acronym in my book. It's called HOPE, H-O-P-E. And the H stands for hear, heal and hear. O stands for overcome difficult times. P stands for provision and protection. And E stands for enslaving sins. Um, because every time I read the Bible and I looked at someone's, uh, like what they were fasting for, right. it was either for healing, to hear, to overcome difficult time, some kind of provision they were looking for, some kind of protection that they were looking for, or some kind of enslaving sin that was going on that needed to be be pulled out and Mm -hmm. broken. And everyone fell into this category, so I created this acronym to kind of make it easier. So one of the common questions is, is like, how can I know if God is really speaking to me? Um, and how do I know like God's will for me? What kind of advice would you give to listeners that have, you know, had a hard time, like seeking God's direction on an important direction, you know, important decision that they need any advice on that, that you'd give listeners? I'd, I'd give, I'd give them about three or four 
biblical references, and then I, and then I'll say something about that after I share those references. One would be Isaiah thirty twenty. Even though you've had the water of affliction, the bread of adversity, you'll suddenly you'll your teacher will be revealed to you, and you'll hear a voice saying, "This is the way. Walk mm, in it." Yeah. Proverbs three and five. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. The Hebrew is He'll make your path clear. Mm. Um, Romans eight fourteen. those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. So now we're talking about maturity, the sons mm-hmm. and daughters of God. They're mature. So we often talk about Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12. I know the plans that I have for you mm-hmm. to give you a future note, but it goes on to say, when you seek me with all of your heart, mm. then you'll hear and from me. And when you seek me with all your heart, that's when you fast. Look, I love I love the verse too that says, "My sheep listen to my voice. Yes. I know them, and they follow me." And and here's the thing: Why is it? I had been praying about this decision that I was telling you about of how to run those corporate offices for six months to a year. Was I praying about it? Absolutely. Was I earnest about it? Yes. But when did I clearly hear from God? When I started fasting. Absolutely. Have you ever seen uh, a mom or a dad with a six-month-old or a Mm one-year-old and like giving that child direction and you're like, are you really serious? They're saying things like, young man, I want you to straighten up your attitude and get it together. You're like, are you really that dumb that you actually think that child understands? Yes. That's a baby. He doesn't have the ability to execute complex and detailed direction mm. yet. It's nothing wrong with the baby. <laughs> something wrong with you, but not mm. the baby. The baby's just not mature enough yet. So my, my kids are all, all adults. Mm-hmm. And, and now I can give them certain types of direction. Mm-hmm. They can execute that direction and walk it out. Well, part of what fasting does is it helps you to mature and to grow to a place where God can give you direction. Mm-hmm. A lot of the issue is not our ability just to hear, but it's also our ability to carry out what we hear. Mm. And so fasting, I often tell our folks when we get ready for for our times of prayer and fasting, is that fasting doesn't change God, fasting Mm -hmm. changes you. You, absolutely. It doesn't change God's mind, it doesn't get God to do it your way, it's getting you to do it God's way, and a lot of that is just the adjustment of maturity and growth when I seek him with all my heart. In other Mm -hmm. words, when fasting helps me to get to the place where I don't want anything else except Mm -hmm. what God wants then it's easier to hear. Hey guys, I'm so excited that my new book, Waste Away, The Chantel Rayway, is now available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and pretty much anywhere you can find books. But we also have the audio book, the ebook, and my new recipe book that you can download all the recipes that I love that I make, and it's super cheap. It's all my favorites. Anyway, if you have a minute to write a review on Amazon, I would be ever grateful. Right, absolutely. Well, the second part of the H in the acronym is healing. Have you heard any stories or anything like when you've been doing the corporate fast of any healing going on or anything like that or for you and your yourself at all? Have you seen any stories of that? Stories every year. Yes. Somebody gets supernaturally healed in every fast. Yes. Every consecration. It's almost become the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, amazingly, I had my own story in this consecration. Mm -hmm. Little did I know that the last time I saw you, Mm -hmm. I had a tumor in my left lung the size of a golf ball. I had no idea. In the middle of our fast, 
I ran up some steps at the church out of breath, went to the doctor, stayed in the mm. hospital, found out I've got a tumor and it's cancer. Mm. And so we're in consecration and we're praying and we pray it out the rest of the, the consecration. I really didn't even mm. tell folks what was going on, but they prayed for me. Mm. And we were, and of course my wife was praying. And so we were praying, trusting mm. God. So we go in February the 25th, they remove the, they remove the tumor. They have, they're blown away because they remove tissue three millimeters from the tumor mm. and it's absolutely clear. Wow. So you're cancer-free at this time. I walked out cancer-free. They said, wow. you're basically healed of stage 1B cancer. We don't need you to do any kind of anything. No chemo. No, no chemo, nothing. no radiation. Oh. Don't even come back for six months. Wow. So that happened during our consecration. Yeah. So this year was the first year that I actually had a personal mm-hmm. miracle in terms mm-hmm. of healing because I'd never been sick before. Mm-hmm. So, But God supernaturally healed me, and I, I credit a lot of that mm-hmm. to not just the fact that God honors fasting, but the fact that there are people who are fasting and praying and have built their faith to the place where they can really seek God and cry out to God mm-hmm. and get answers. So let's talk about the partial fast for just a second, because one of my pet peeves um, with the par- partial fast, because a lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to do the Daniel fast, right? And then you see them and really like people can say, okay, they have different versions of the Daniel sure. fast. You know, some people say, don't eat meat. Some people just say, okay, just eat vegetables, fruit, and bread. But they'll be eating like, like I was went somewhere and they were like, oh, we're all on the Daniel fast. And they're eating these like, burrito bean burritos like the size this big they're eating these big salads with like all this dressing piled on i'm thinking to myself and just like you know just piling it in i'm like doesn't look like y'all are sacrificing anything to me you guys are like just piling it in like what is this this is a you see what i'm saying it's like a guy i knew when i was in college he said he's on a liquid fast uh-huh. and he was putting his chicken his salad everything in the blender he was blending it all up oh it was liquid all right but yeah. th- what kind of fast is that there's yes. no sacrifice in yeah that. there's no sacrifice in that and so i just want to be really yeah. you know m- telling people because it seems like that daniel fast is really popular right now and i will tell you before I knew any better. Now I'm just, I feel like I'm really, I mean, I feel like I'm an expert on fasting at this point. I mean, I've really done my homework. I've read every book, studied everything I can on fasting. And I truly believe that the Daniel fast, unfortunately, I did the Daniel fast a million times. Did I get any healing in my body? No. Did I get clarity like I did? Absolutely not. None of the benefits that I have gotten from fasting when I'm just either having water or coffee or tea or um, even bone broth or like juices with no fruit, that's when all these breakthroughs started coming up. And so I need to make sure I add that into my book. Joshua, remind me to do that because I need to add that in about the Daniel fast. I think here's here's where we are on that and here's what what we teach. When you think about even reading scripture, you, you have people who read lots and lots of scripture, don't live any of it, but they read all the Bible and they've memorized it all. Mm-hmm. Then you have extremely sincere people who 
maybe don't know quite as much and maybe haven't read as much and haven't memorized as much, but boy, the stuff that they know, they're really doing mm-hmm. and they are sincere about it and they are following Jesus mm-hmm. to the best of their ability based on what they know. I think that's fasting can be like that too. I think anything that becomes an excuse for sacrifice doesn't move God. Mm-hmm. So if as Americans, we are and Europeans, we are grabbing onto a Daniel fast because we don't want to really fast. Exactly. Then that's like uh, only reading two scriptures, not because that's all you had, all you knew, but because that's all you felt like giving time to read. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it comes down to attitude because in Daniel's fast, he did fast different from Jesus. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to separate myself from pleasant breads, from meats, from, from wine. He, so there were several things he separated mm-hmm. himself from. But the Bible says that when Gabriel came to him, he was weak. Mm-hmm. So he had for 21 days done some serious fast. He wasn't eating big plate sized mm-hmm. burritos, you know, during his fast. So mm-hmm. I think the, the problem is not so much the Daniel fast. The problem is the American definition, definition of, of the it. Daniel fast. Yeah. And, and I think the other part of it too, is even when I was doing myself was doing the Daniel fast. Because I was feeling deprived of all that other stuff, I was overeating on other stuff. On other stuff, which the Bible says, put a knife to your throat if you're giving into gluttony. That's right. So then I was myself even. I was like, oh, I can't have a brownie, so I'll just have more salad exactly. and I'll have more of this, more of that. And, and just that's not what Daniel it. was doing. No, he was not compensating with the other stuff. He was. He said when Gabriel got there, I was in a weak moment. The and that's what I think one of the critical pieces of fasting. No matter how you do it, if it doesn't weaken you, then it doesn't get. It doesn't have any impact if it doesn't weaken you. Yes. And what you described and what I've seen too are not people being weakened by a partial fast. They're just doing something to say they fasted. Yes. Um, and and that's that doesn't move God with fasting, prayer, study the word, tending church. That attitude never moves God. Yeah. And so for mine, for the HOPE acronym, acronym E stands for enslaving sins. And mm. this is really my purpose originally of fasting because I felt like I was in bondage to food. Um, you know, I ran to food every time I was sad, every time I was upset, every time I was angry, every time I was stressed, what would I do? Oh my God, I'm having a hard day at work past the brownies. Right. And you know, at comfort sh- food, comfort foods. And yeah. you know, I think in, in the church, it's really gotten bad because I remember, um, you know, I used to be a teacher, um, before I got into real estate and right after that I was a children's pa- a youth pastor and then I was a children's pastor. From that time of me being a youth pastor and a children's pastor, right at that moment, I gained about 40 to 50 pounds during, from that transition. And 100%, I mean, now that I think about it, right, we were at these youth conventions and what was it? All right, everyone, order pizza, order cookies, order this, order that, brownies. And you know, how many times a week is someone bringing some kind of food to the to the office, aren't yeah. they baking some kind of? Well, we don't do it at ours, but yes. I, but normally that is definitely. Yes, the case. they're mm-hmm. always bringing yep. donuts, and or you're always oh. eating. Yeah, and and it's all and it's because I grew up in a little holiness church. The only thing that wasn't sin was eating. Yes, you know, everything else was a sin. So yes. so so we, <laughs> we can't do anything supposed, else. Can't do anything else. So let's eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> day and night, we'll eat. So and and we send a be sometimes an even greater sin. 
right. as a result, which as is the sin result. of gluttony and uh, and the destruction of this temple that, that God well, gave and, us. And, you know, we can talk about this for a second, but, you know, we I went to a church and the, the worship pastor literally was about 450 pounds. I mean, this guy was enormously overweight. I mean, to the point that I was like, kind of nervous i was like because he was sweating could, up there and he singing. could have a heart attack in military service yeah <laughs> but but i was thinking to myself clearly this man has a problem with gluttony here but yet he it's okay for him to be in leadership right at 450 pounds but if he had a drinking problem or a drug problem no down. chance exactly and i right. think we need to really look at this as a church and go no this is not okay us being gluttonous with food is the is just as bad as you being gluttonous with alcohol and everything else. What is your opinion on that? It, it may actually be. I I, I think I'm, I'll go a step further. Mm-hmm. It may not only be just as bad, but it may be the root cause mm. of some of the other things mm-hmm. because it's a lack of fundamental discipline. You know, and mm-hmm. the Lord says. Your body is a temple, which I have purchased with the price of my own blood. And you're mm-hmm. not your own, but you belong to me. Mm-hmm. And you don't care for it. And you don't have enough discipline to care for this temple that belongs mm-hmm. to him. Then that could speak to a lack of discipline in several areas. That's why with our leaders, we talk a lot about mm-hmm. personal health and, and nutrition and those kind of things. Not because we're all trying to look like we stepped out of a magazine. That's mm-hmm. not our point. Uh, everybody's a different size or different frame or whatever. Mm-hmm. So everybody's not going to look the same. Mm-hmm. However, if there's no ability to discipline how much you eat and how long you eat and can you stop eating and those kind of things, then that can can underlie a real issue. Well, the thing is, God says that he is a jealous God, right? And so right. every time, in my opinion, when you're using food, for comfort and everything else, you're making it as an, it's idol. an idol. It's an idol, and it's that is right. a form of idol worship. Right. What would you say are the top five things that you're noticing? Obviously, number one, hands down, is food. But if you had to name the, the rest of the other four that you would say would be the top things that Christians are struggling with today, um, as far as these enslaving sins, things that, and I should say this, the enslaving sins to me are are problems that are recurring over and over and over in your life. You've yep. tried everything you can to, um, you know, get rid of those. And you would say, these are things I just, I've tried, right? Like, it's not like a lot of times, like this is with me. I was like, I've tried to beat this. How many this different diets did you yes. go on? Yeah. yeah, I've tried to beat this on my own. Yep. And until I started doing fasting, yep. that's what broke that bondage to food. Well, you'll get a kick out of this. So I was looking at your question, uh-huh. and I looked at it, and I thought, okay, what are the five things that I see that most often uh-huh. keep Christians in bondage? Uh-huh. And so I wrote, self, 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 and self. Yes. <laughs> because, because ultimately, all of these areas of bondage, so whether it's food or pornography uh, or alcohol, which we've kind of, because of some of our 
lack of boundaries, we've kind of opened the door for that on our kids, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, and I, and I, I'm not, I don't argue with people about what they think about social drinking and all that. Yes. But there's, it's it's hard to argue that we haven't opened some doors. Yes. For some things that are now attacking our kids, mm-hmm. when we look at opioids and all the 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 other things that are hitting our that are mm-hmm. hitting our kids. So I, I think. You've named it first. I think food is a big one, mm-hmm. but then I think there are issues, uh, especially among men. Pornography is 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 an issue, and I think we could go we could go on and on. I think the the whole idea of of narcissism, mm-hmm. pleasure for myself at whatever cost, mm-hmm. money can money can be an ins, an enslavement. But I kind of feel like that if we could get people to fast, mm-hmm. it can break. It does. All of that stuff yes. can be broken through through fasting. Mm-hmm. Because when we pull down food as an idol mm-hmm. and pleasure as an idol, then all the other idols, I think, start to fall too. Yeah. And things such as like even, you know, I have some friends who um, their husbands are having, you know, some gambling issues yep. that we've seen that um, have been able it's to be major. broken that yeah. through that. Um, so let me let me ask you if you feel like um, with the the fasting, is there anything that you've done that has kind of made it easier for you? Like in your in your experience of fasting, that you said, you know, like I, I kind of talked about, like as far as the steps go, what is it for you that you've said, you know? For me, I've, you know, done a one-day fast, and then I've done a two-day, or then what's kind of your way that you've built up to to be able to fast? Well, kind of your analogy of the couch to 2K, Mm -hmm. that's kind of been kind of how we walked it out as a 17 18 year old of course i was trying to do the i was doing week-long fast and 14 day fast mm-hmm. i was a kid in college my pastor was doing it i was doing it mm-hmm. i was you know and i was i was in there with him and i had you know and i'd been a christian since i was eight or nine so mm-hmm. i had fasted before as a 12 year old as a 13 year old 14 year old but i think as an adult what's made it easier for me is that i i fast regularly Mm. you know i think the whole idea of having a day every week that's Mm -hmm. a fast day or a day every month that's a fast day and every quarter having a three-day fast and so that when you know i I tell our folks i said you know guys if you guys haven't done any fasting since last january's consecration you guys are going to be in trouble yeah you're going to have to break all kind you'll have all kind of headaches and physical stuff happening to you because your body's not accustomed to this but i think the biggest thing for me chantel has been to make fasting a more regular activity And then it makes it, it becomes a part of the way I, of the way I live. Mm. And it keeps me out of bondage to food yes. at all times. All because times. Because food just never becomes a God. Yeah. And that's for me, that's why I'm so, I feel like the intermittent fasting, because I'm doing that, I am, I'm partially fasting every single day. So yep. every day I'm fasting. And then that's what I do. I There's every week I'm at least doing one 24 hour fast for sure. And lately... I've been doing at least once a month a three-day fast Um, because of the power and the blessing I've seen in it. It's so funny because tonight I get to eat and I'm actually debating, right? Because it's been so easy that... I feel like I think I'm, I might go longer and try to go for you know a longer fast as long as I can. One of the ways you can tell when a fast is working mm-hmm. is when you're not really looking forward to. Yeah, it. I you love know, that because that's exactly it. Like I, you would think it's been three days I haven't been able to eat, and I'm like, 
I don't yeah. really want to. Yeah, it's 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 funny, and I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but oftentimes in our twenty-one day consecration, I'm thinking, God, if I could maintain this kind of clarity oh, all the yes. time, I mean, I would just just fast the whole all year, year, you know, because yes. the the level of clarity and the sense of I can walk in a room and read everybody in the room. You know, it's just as clear as a bell. I hear God's voice so clearly in direction here, there. I I get it so easily because fasting really shuts down the voice of self. Mm. It, It, you know, we talk about crucifying the flesh. Well, fasting is one of the key ways to crucify the flesh, to put flesh to death. Yes, it does. That's awesome. Because now what flesh wants, flesh doesn't get. And that's what kills it because <laughs> yes. flesh wants to eat. Yeah, that's that's so good. I love that. Any other last minute tips before we end that you would say to people, like, this is some more tips that you can do that will make it so that, like I said, this has been the easiest three-day fast I've ever, ever done. And I'm trying to analyze all the reasons yeah. of why it's been so easy yeah. and why here we are about I'm about at my finish line tonight at five is my I can eat and I'm exactly like you said thinking I don't mm. think I'm gonna do it exactly. I think I'm gonna keep going I, maybe I'll give maybe three tips and okay. one one will be physical and the, uh-huh. and the other couple will be spiritual but a physical one for folk who drink coffee and even caffeinated tea uh-huh. is to start cutting that out before your fast right. begins because that way you the first day of your fast won't be so filled with headaches mm-hmm. and the and the response to your addiction to yes. caffeine that you can't really clearly pray yes. because you're just trying to survive the survive. pain of the yes. headache so if those for folks who, who so let's stop right there and let okay. me ask you this question because um i've asked different people their opinion on this and different pastors say different things some say you know i really believe if you are going to fast the best way to do it is a water fast and then other people say you know as long as it's just either black tea or black coffee they're okay with that too um what would you say about that and and about the caffeine issue yeah, I, I I would tend for me, I would stay away from caffeine mm-hmm. during my fast because it's an inebriant, it's a drug, mm-hmm. and and it's if a I'm, stimulant, and it's a stimulant. I'm I'm trying to clear myself mm-hmm. of all of that, so I would stay away from those kind mm-hmm. of things, and I would stay away from them so that I assure myself that I'm not so bound to it that I can't stop. Stop it. Yeah. So this is a good place to, if there is a slight addiction, mm-hmm. a slight Starbucks addiction, then I'm going to break that and make sure I don't Well, if you're that. drinking two to three cu- cups of coffee a day and you decide that you're going to stop, hands down, you're going to be miserable. And so mm-hmm. my, my suggestion to people is if you're just starting to fast, just do the coffee and tea to start because you need fast to get from that. fast with just yeah. food yeah. and do black coffee and black tea. That's my yeah. suggestion. And don't cut out that caffeine in the beginning. Okay. Then as you work your way up and you go, okay, wow, that, was, that wasn't so bad because the caffeine does help you be able to, to withstand. So that's part of with my book, I say, Let's, if you're drinking that coffee, start there. Then on your next fast, maybe try to do, if you're drinking three cups of coffee, now let's do two cups um, or you're drinking tea. Now on your next fast, let's kind of wean yourself. But like you said, wean yourself beforehand because trying to wean yourself off caffeine 
and fasting at the same time, don't even do it. Yeah. That's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Either wean yourself off all beforehand, but trying to do both yeah. to me is too much because now you're yeah. you have a more of a chance to and, go forget it. And you've got to and 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 the issue, Chantel, is that it removes your focus from from the total reason why you're fasting, mm. and that is to focus on Jesus yes. and hearing Him. And if you're just focused on your headache and your feelings and how I'm struggling and all that, and and so the second thing I was going to coach people a little bit in is that each day in a fast, if you're going to water fast, each day is a little different. Uh, but once normally, if you can survive day two. You're good. Yes. If I can do two, I can do seven. Yes, I because, agree. Because day two, day two is the worst. Is the killer. I mean, yes. it's the it's the day from hell. Uh-huh. So, yes. so if you can make it through two, you're on your way. So, yes. so I warn people, day two is can be tough. If you're mm-hmm. fasting, if you're just on water, the day two can be fast. I often tell people that one of the reasons why I sometimes don't like doing a one meal a day fast mm-hmm. is because I don't like being hungry every day. Mm-hmm. If I stop eating altogether after a couple of days, I'm not hungry anymore. Yes, that's but if true. I do one meal a day, I am hungry yes. every day. Yes. So, so that would be the other thing that I would kind of coach people in is that they're, they're, they're careful in knowing the cycle mm-hmm. of a fast. Mm-hmm. And then of course, the last thing is that how you break a fast it's also important too. Mm-hmm. It says a lot about your discipline. So you go three days with no food, and then you just go gorge the third day. Then, then you lose some of the power and the strength of the discipline of the fast. And so you ease back into it with, with, uh, with something gentle like stewed tomatoes. If you're not, if you don't have acid reflux issues. Yeah, and that's a good point. If you're like going to do a longer fast, you need yeah. to do so. Because you if can you're hurt doing, yourself yes. if you don't break it properly. So usually, like if you do a 21 day fast. Um, then when you're coming off that, what do you usually soup, eat? Usually. Soup, yeah. Just so, bring it into so, soup so, or smoothies so, yeah, to get start like to get started first yeah. to day or two. So even after seven, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm careful. Uh, and I think people should be careful, especially if they've mm-hmm. been seven days with just water. Mm-hmm. And in and, 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 and our church, we tell folks that if you feel like God's called you to do an absolute fast, where like Moses, where you have no food and no water, that you never take that more than three days mm. ever, because mm-hmm. the level of physical dehydration mm-hmm. is can be overwhelming. Yes. and I remind, dehydration is and, a big and, and deal. And I remind folks that Moses was not going to work. Mm-hmm. Moses was not taking care of his wife and kids. Yes. Moses was up on the mountain 24 hours a day with God for 40 days. Yes. So there's exactly. no there's right no, next to him. there's no record of anybody ever going on an absolute fast extended right. that who wasn't actually just in the presence of God. That's right. I agree. So, well, this has been so amazing. Yeah, Thanks this is fun. so thank you much for, this for coming. And thank you guys for joining us. If you want a clip of um, my new book, you're going to get to see a chapter, a couple chapters on what the book is about. Okay. Um, go to ChantelRayWay.com and you can see a clip of that. Also, if you're interested in seeing our my book on intermittent fasting, because I, again, I can't stress enough if you are going to do an extended fast, start with doing the intermittent fasting first yes. and build your way up to it. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantalRayway.com. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, I've had a blast. And Thank we'll you. see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to chantelrayway.com slash coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.